Kicking things off with a quick little recap for Michigan State's first official visit season weekend. And then, hey, before the weekend even began, Mel Tucker spoke to the media. What did he have to say about the roster? Peyton Thorne, Chuck Brantley, all sorts of other stuff. And then, hey, look at that. Michigan State wins an award for NIL. And then, mailbag question at the end. Of course, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your week with us here at Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white, well, in June and July, three days a week. That's right, if you missed that programming note before this weekend began. Um, Yes, in the summer, June and July, it will be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the episodes. That's just the bare minimum here. If there's any big news, breaking news, we get any big guests, we'll bump it up to four days a week or maybe even five days a week should the news cycle deserve that. But yes, just for June and July, three days a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Before going any further, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Now, let's get this show here started today with a little uh, recap from the first official visit season weekend. And no, there was no commitments from the first weekend of official visits, which, that's fine. You know, these kids have a lot of time left to take their official visits. It would be kind of shocking for Michigan State to get a commit this early in the cycle. Just have a kid, you know, cancel their other two, three, or four official visits for no reason. But, yeah, no commits, at least as we are recording on uh, Sunday night at 10 p.m. Now, there was something to recap, though, which uh, it's it's hard to not... Sorry, well, sorry, it's hard to brush it off as, like, ah, yeah, no big deal, it's fine. You know, kind of like having no commits. Really, I mean, who, who cares? You know, there's a lot of time left in this game. What we lauded... Michigan State for this weekend, going into official visit season, was the strong opening weekend that they will have with visitors. And don't get us wrong, you know, that they had some big names come out. Quasi Gilmer, Dylan Williams. They had, I think it was four four-stars on campus. One of them, already committed guy in Jalen Thompson, of course. Okay, there's also supposed to be a lot more four-stars, too, and guys like Bronte Johnson, all right, receiver out of Indiana. Never showed up. Jordan Ross, out of California, did not show up. Zadavian Sims, who of course committed to Oregon, but also scheduled his official visit after he committed to Oregon. Uh, he did not show up either. You also didn't get uh, Justin Denson either, who I've heard is you know actually going to reschedule his visit as well. And then Marcellus Barnes as well. So... You had a handful of kids not show up, and life happens. You know, maybe something happened in their life where they had to cancel last minute, and they're going to look to reschedule. I'm sure Michigan State is going to try to reschedule all those kids' visits, but uh, just God, not not really um, the start we were looking for. Perhaps, again, hey, you, you got three more weekends left of June. You know, you can probably get them on for any of those other three. They will try, but yeah. Uh, quite the bummer that, well, half the four stars that were going to show up didn't, didn't even make it to campus. So, all right, there we go. That's our little recap there. We're going to try to get uh, positive here, some some optimism here. Um, oh, I'm sorry, really quick here. Uh, this is just a quick little blurb. I'm sure you saw this by now. Matt Ishbia, of course, CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, the old walk-on turned national champ, turned billionaire now, and owner of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury. They are no longer doing that groundbreaking uh, stipend for student athletes that are on the basketball teams, the football teams, and the volleyball teams of the $700 a month payment. 
through NIL. He has to do that, though, because, well, when you're an NBA owner, there is a conflict of interest clause in the bylaws or something like that. I'm not going to claim to know the exact language around it. I just know that NBA owners can't sponsor directly basketball players, and that branched out to all the other sports as well. So, yes, of course, sad to see that program go. That truly was groundbreaking when NIL came around. That was the first of its kind in the entire country. But, yeah, I don't really look into it as like, oh, my goodness, this is not good. Matt Ishbia has a harmed relationship with MSU. Like, no, it's just because he's an NBA owner, and NBA owners can't really boost NIL with basketball players anymore. So, sad to see it go. But, yeah, I think Ishbia will still have uh, his fingerprints and his dollars around Michigan State for a long time coming. All right, let's get to the Mel Tucker news and notes. He spoke at a national showcase over at Wayne State before the weekend. All sorts of coaches there, all sorts of great players there. And he mentioned right off the top that his guys are right now starting an eight-week off-season program right now. I mean, of course, keeping their bodies in tune. Not like the typical college kids that are just going to be housing Domino's Pizza and crushing 12-packs the entire summer. No, these guys are going to come into August in football shape. And he also said that, quote, we are deeper and more competitive and at more positions than we have ever been here. Of course, Mel Tucker hasn't been here for a long time, but that is still something to keep an eye on. In his fourth season coming into Michigan State, this, I mean, I don't think this is coach speak either. I really do think that this is going to be as deep and competitive of a roster that he has had so far this year. That first year, when we won, what, two games in that COVID year? Goes out saying, not the strongest roster. The year after that, hey, you know what, really good season, but kind of thin. You know, the starters are really good, but beyond them... Uh Uh-oh, and well, we saw what happened when you don't have any depth last year. But no, really, this year they have depth in the trenches, whether it's the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. They're deep at tight end, deep at linebacker. There is experience in the secondary room. Eight receivers in the wide receiver room that all could have their name in the starting lineup. And then, well, that two-man battle at quarterback that the coaches are feeling pretty good about. And let's just springboard off there, shall we, the quarterbacks. Now, Uh, Tucker was asked about Peyton Thorne and said, uh, you know, he's a great player, better person, comes from a great family, had nothing bad to say about him, didn't throw any barbs at him out the door. Of course, because, you know, Tucker's always buttoned up uh, around the media. And, you know, needless to say, too, I I don't think he's also just mean enough as a person just to publicly roast the, the kid for going to Auburn. But anyway... He elaborated on the quarterback battle as well. Uh, He was asked about the inexperience of Noah Kim and Kaden Hauser just having a combined 34 snaps in college and said, quote, It was the same thing people were saying about Peyton a few seasons ago. We obviously feel good about our situation, and we will play, play the best players. Again, this might be the 15th time you've heard me say this. I don't think that's coach speak because if if the coaching staff was really panicked and really concerned about this quarterback battle after Peyton Thorne left to go to Auburn, okay, I think they would have really tried to get a transfer quarterback in this spring cycle. And, God, that's just about the only position that they're not actively going after. So, yeah, I, I think they are comfortable with either Noah Kim or Kaden Hauser and just wanted to talk on that some more on Friday. Also, hey, That's right, everyone's favorite topic here. The last game of the season going to Ford Field. And no, I'm not going to add my own opinions. You guys are sick of that already. I know that. So, well, what does Mel Tucker have to say about it? He says, quote, I think it's good for us. It's good for the Big Ten and great for exposure. I think it's great for our fans. Once it gets closer, people will embrace it. And I think that's true. 
part because, like, yeah, it might be exciting around here in Metro Detroit. Uh, hey, what are you doing this Thanksgiving weekend? Oh, I hear there's that game going out of Ford Field. That's exciting, too. But also, the only way to go is up for public perception of this game at Ford Field. So, again, was Tucker going to get in front of the microphone and say, yeah, you know, I'm not actually sure about moving the game to Ford Field. But, no, everything he hits on is good. It will be good for exposure. We've talked about this. Massive fan base in Metro Detroit, but... I like this as well. Just the Black Friday night. Uh, just pull that out all alone. Michigan State could very well be the only football game on at that time slot on that day. So that is going to be great exposure for Michigan State. He also talked about those receivers as well. Said they're young, they're talented. Pointed out Jerron Glover, Tyler Henry, Antonio Gates Jr. Also went down to the tight end room. Talked about Jalen Franklin as a guy who we really have not talked about. We talked about Malik Carr a lot, obviously. Tiny Neal Hopper out of Boise State. But Jalen Franklin was one of those 89 tight end transfers that came in this offseason and Tucker pointed out his good hands great size willing blocker so hey I mean maybe it's a smoke screen I would highly doubt it he did go out of his way to point out Jalen Franklin so we could be seeing a lot of that Wisconsin product over here uh also uh he did riff on the Chuck Brantley transfer portal cup of tea that he had he was in there for less than 48 hours if I remember correctly and this is one of his longer answers during this media scrum here. Uh, he said, quote, I like Chuck. I think he made a really good decision to take his name out. He's still developing as a player, and we like him as a young man. I'm just really happy about the decision. It was a mature decision and a good choice. So, uh, yeah, there you have it. I mean, goes without saying that. If I was Mel Tucker, too... I would be pretty thrilled about having Chuck Brantley back as well, whether it's the depth that you have at the cornerback position or, you know, just the guy that's been with this defense for what will be his third year now. Yeah, you absolutely love seeing him. Maybe you don't love him going into the portal, but you love him coming out immediately after. So that's all the best from that media scrum. Right there, really quick, just want to shout out Spartan Mag. Uh, they had the whole video posted on YouTube. So if you want to go see the whole scrum, I think it was about seven, eight minutes long. Go hit up Spartan Mag as well. So, gang, we will be talking a little bit about NIL here in a hot segment. First, you need to talk your ears off about FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the number one sportsbook in the land. You guys already know this. But did you know that they are making the NBA playoffs as sweet as possible, especially for new customers? Gang, if you're a new customer of FanDuel, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. $2,500. Can you believe that? Anyway, you're making the NBA playoffs fun with their same game parlays. They're amazing props. Like, it's not just, hey, who's going to score the first basket? Every sports book has that one. FanDuel has method of first basket. Like, Gabe Vincent, free throw to open up the game scoring. That was like 110 to 1. Did it hit? Not necessarily, but hey, it's a great way to get some action on some lawn odds. There is no better place to get in on all the action. It is at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and go get that no-sweat first bet up to $2,500, gang. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It's FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, some big news here for Michigan State over the weekend. You guys probably saw it on Darian Harris's Twitter account. Michigan State's Evergreen NIL program was named the best NIL program in the country thanks to the student-athlete NIL summit that happened over the weekend. And yeah, that's obviously pretty big honors for Michigan State. And what does that mean exactly, though? 
You know, because it's not like they're getting awarded for handing out the most money to kids. I mean, Michigan State, they can't do that. Like, the actual schools can't dole out the money. So why is Michigan State getting the award? I was a little confused myself. I was like, oh, is it just because they educated these kids the most? And I reached out to Darian Harris, the guy who heads up this whole program. And Darian Harris is a saint. Uh, he, he responded almost immediately. So let him take it away of what this award means. It was uh, for education, innovative initiatives like our NIL Summit and NIL Celebration that they have at Michigan State. NIL opportunities, so the team-wide deals across our sports, like the United Wholesale Mortgage, uh, obviously the situation that just wrapped up, but for having that the last two years, or three years, maybe, and just overall embracing of NIL. So, all hands on deck for Michigan State from Darian Harris, the whole team, educating kids, uh, teaching them how to get their names out there. And also, you know, this is something that Mel Tucker talked about with the younger student athletes over the showcase is just financial literacy too and being in a smart place when it does come to NIL because, oh God, we're going to get to this in a really, really short second, but the money that's out there for NIL, you guys probably already know this, it's kind of banana land. And when you hand it to a 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid, heck, even if they're a 21-year-old kid that's already been in college for a little bit, when you hear some of these numbers that we're about to go over, yeah, uh, you're going to want a good team around these young student-athletes. And, well, Michigan State clearly does have it. Again, uh, there's a long way to go for Michigan State in NIL. And I, that goes without saying for a lot of programs, even the ones that are shelling out the most money. Hey, Texas A&M made a bunch of headlines for, what was it, the reported $25 million class that they had? Okay, half that class is gone already. So, I mean, again, it's not like Michigan State is the ones that's gathering all the money and bringing it out to the athletes. Once that gets to a head, you combine that with what's already in place at Michigan State, you can really have a great NIL engine humming. But, yeah, Michigan State is taking care of their end. Now it's just all the collectives and everything out there that has to band together, which way easier, way easier said than done. And again, not an MSU specific issue. This, this is going on everywhere around the country. So let's get to the, the tweets here uh, that I wanted to reference here. This is from the same summit, the Student Athlete NIL Summit. This is from Jason Belzer. He is the founder of AD University and Athlete NIL. They poured over data from uh, 30 NIL collectives and also 1,000 student athletes. And this is going to be the average compensation for football players and basketball players. Gang, for the 2023-2024 season, NIL compensation average for a starter in Power 5, for a Power 5 starter average, $45,000. $45,000 for a Power 5 starter in the top 50%. They also break this down for the bottom 50% in Power 5. And if you're a starter in the bottom 50%, $15,000. So there's a lot of variance there. Anywhere between $15,000 to $45,000 if you are a starter at a Power 5 school. Uh, they also did Group of 5. If you're a starter there, about $5,000 is what they say. But if you're on the 2 deep... Let's say you are a backup. The average comes out to $25,000 if you're in one of those upper 50% Power 5 schools, which I assume Michigan State is a part of. Michigan State, top 25 revenue school. Sure, NIL is going to be very closely married to that number. So, yeah, if you're on the two deep, about $25,000 on average. And then if you're a bench player, $15,000 in NIL. Now, of course... That, that is just an average, and while 1,000 is a lot of kids to get, gather data from, 
I mean, that, that's still kind of relatively a small-ish sample size. So, no, that's not to say that every single starter that we're going to see from Michigan State this year is cashing in a $45,000 check. But it, it that is like the kind of numbers that we are dealing with here. Now... This is where it gets really interesting, the transfer portal. This is a graphic assessing the 2023-2024 transfer portal football compensation averages. If you're a top 10 prospect in the transfer portal, would anyone like to fetch a guess the average of what the worth is right there? If you guessed $50,000, go ahead and add a zero to that because it is a half million dollars if you're a top 10 prospect in the transfer portal if you're top 25 250,000 dollars if you're considered top 50 125,000 dollars top 100 100,000 dollars if you're top 150 75,000 dollars top 300 if you're in the transfer portal well 30,000 dollars so yeah that uh that whole thing is very fascinating because look I'm just going to bring this to the real world. Uh, not not college athletics, not being a football player, a basketball player, but in the industry that I'm in, and this is probably the same industry that you're in, if you're a full-time worker, there's plenty of industries like this in the world. The best way to get a pay raise isn't sitting around at your company and just waiting to get promoted. While that does work for some people, actually, from what I hear in a lot of industries, jumping companies is the best way to get a pay raise, a title change. Looks like that could be very much the same in college athletics. The best way to get a pay raise is by jumping to a different college. Because, well, when you put your name in the portal, if you're a top, oh, what do you say? We'll, we'll do a top 50 kid. Well, 125000 just for going to that school, and then you add in the $45,000 after that. Like, yeah, I, I think that this whole transfer portal situation thing is actually going to get a lot worse uh, than it is going to get a lot better, especially with all this kind of money. Um, again, now, was Peyton Thorne uh, swayed by this? Now, I don't think so entirely, but maybe it would be naive of me to think that you know, money isn't a factor in that decision. Uh, but maybe Keon Coleman, too. And for the record, from what I've heard, he was in that top 25 range of like that $250,000 for NIL. But yeah... This is going to get a little concerning, especially now that these numbers are really out there. I could see players just entering the portal, heck, every offseason just because, well, hey, yeah, uh, I'm having a good time in my school, but if I can throw a $450,000 check out there with my name on it, uh, let's see if the school I'm at wants to match it, or hey, I'll just jump ship to this new school. So, college athletics, gang, we all thought it was moving pretty fast. I think it's moving even faster than we all thought it was. Now, they did this for basketball as well. If you are a starter at a Power 6 school, your NIL uh, compensation average, $75,000. Uh, if you are, you know, uh, let's say a, a top 9 player, $15,000 as well. And then the transfer portal for basketball, too, kind of is along the same lines as football as well. If you're a top 10 tr uh, transfer portal player in basketball, half million dollars, just a smooth $500,000. If you're top 25 $350,000, and all the way down, if you're a top 150 transfer, still $50,000. Uh, NIL is crazy, the transfer portal is crazy, but yes, I just have to credit Jason Belzer again for putting together those graphics. Uh, very easy to follow, but wow, staggering numbers. Um, again, hey, maybe you're one of those people that aren't surprised and you're all very hip to this. I, I thought I was hip to how much money's flying around, but oh my, that that's some coin. 
All right, we're going to get this show uh, to the finish line here with a listener question. This is on Cal Halliday's NFL prospects. If you ever have a question, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. And Oscar found us. And it was a lengthy email, but we're going to go through it here to set the table for what we're going to talk about. He says, I know you are not really in the business of analyzing the probability of future NFL success for your college football players. However, I would like to get your opinion on whether or not you think there is a place in the modern-day National Football League for a player like Cal Halliday. I've always been interested in why some successful, productive college players never pan out the next level. I have two schools of thought on a guy like Cal Halliday. Number one, says Oscar, the guy is a productive college player, seems to put up a high tackle stat line, win or lose, seems to be popular and appreciated by the fan base, high effort player, several honors and accolades in his two years as a college starter. And then... Number two, writes Oscar, underwhelming athletically, lacks speed, quickness, awkward looking while moving around on the field below average coverage backer, unless the ball is thrown directly at him, undersized leading to him having difficulty getting off blockers, lacks of versatility, etc., etc. Part of me wants to believe he has a real shot beyond the relatively common training camp invite, but every year I hear about how the linebacker position continues to get faster, more athletic, and more coverage focused. Give me your most unbiased, if possible, opinion on whether or not we might see Cal Halliday play some NFL football someday. Hoping this helps break up some of the normal recruiting news discussion for you. Go green. Oscar, this definitely does. I really appreciate this question because this is a unique one. I I can't remember getting a question quite like this specifically for a certain player. And I I really think you just nailed it with everything. Like, I I think that you kind of talked through it right there with... Yeah, he's a high productive player. Uh, puts up a high tackle stat line. When there's a run play, you can bet a lot of money at Cal Halliday's helmet being at that ball. And we don't have to go far for another example of you know being a really good college linebacker and then not really having anything in the NFL. And we're going to start with just the the one that we all know, the Michigan State example of this. And it's, it's Antoine Simmons. I mean, look, Cal Halliday, very similar to Antoine Simmons' build. Uh, six feet, 225 pounds. Uh, Cal Halliday was six foot one, 230. So really, really on par with Antoine Simmons as far as build goes. And you can be a good, like, run-stopping linebacker in the NFL. Like, those do get drafted. I mean, the Lions just drafted. what The kid's name is Jack Campbell, I believe, from Iowa. He's known for being a good run-stopper. He's also six foot six. Like he's also built like a monster as well. So yes, I mean it kind of does have to do with just the build of both of these guys as well. And of course, you don't have to be this massive linebacker to get drafted as well. Like Nolan Smith from Georgia, just six foot two, two hundred thirty pounds. I mean that's the same weight as Cal Halliday, just an inch taller than Cal Halliday. But man, um. Ran a 4.3940 at the combine and also had a 41 and a half inch vertical. I, I don't, I'm not doubting Cal Halliday, but I'm kind of doubting Cal Halliday that he could put up either of those numbers. So, I, I, it does come down to build for most of these guys because we all do know that where's the deficiency with Cal Halliday? It is the coverage, and just like Oscar writes, that is where the linebacker position is going closer and closer every single year. Really, is can you cover guys? I mean, and here's the second example that I have. And I don't know how many people remember this. This is the 2021 national title game. It was Alabama versus OSU. Devontae Smith, of course, on the field. Alabama, all, all their great receivers out there. And Ohio State had a great linebacker named Tough Borland. Just one of the two three-time captains 
in Ohio State's history. Very smart. Sound tackler. Uh, just a great captain. Everything that we say about Cal Halliday. He got put on a skewer uh, against Alabama. I don't know if you remember any of those clips, but they schemed out every pre-snap motion to get matched up with Tough Borland. And the next thing you know it, Devontae Smith is... He, he's running a, a streak route. He's running a slant route. And he is already eight yards ahead of where Tough Borland is. And look... The rack scores, um, and th- this is scoring for the NFL Combine. I forgot, God, I should have wrote this down, what rack actually stands for. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, but, look, he's, he was six foot, 230 pounds. He ran a 40 of 4.98, 15 bench reps on the bench press, which is about 14 more than I could do. But for an NFL linebacker, all those graded, quote, very poor. And that is where we could see Cal Halliday at. I mean, and that sucks because I love Cal Halliday as a player. But again, this goes to show that, like, just because you might not be a great NFL linebacker prospect, you can still have an incredible college career. Kind of like what Cal Halliday is having right now. In college, you can get away with just being one of the smartest people on the field. Just like Antoine Simmons was. He always seemed to be one beat ahead of where the offense was. So, that's what made him great. But yes, in the NFL, when everything is... Just so rapid and on a dime and where physicality is really important. I mean, yeah, of course it's important in college football, but NFL, it's another level. There you have it. So, gang, thank you so much for tuning in here. Again, we will be back on Wednesday. We have a guest plan for Wednesday. I don't want to say it. don't want to jinx it. But it will be exciting. I mean, it's it's going to be a name that has absolutely been in the headlines this offseason. So keep it tuned to that. Love every single one of you. Again, lockedonspartans at gmail.com. If you ever want to reach out, Until then, love you all. Go Green.